Boom. We are ready to record Zombies Ate My Podcast. Episode, what is this, like 52? 51. We're almost at a year's worth of episodes. <laughs> Just you wait till we get to 365. Ooh. That's going to be a lot of Walking Dead episodes. <laughs> and we can tell people, please don't ever listen to episode one. I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. You're all going to die down here. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp headquarters here in wonderful New Hampshire where the weather... Doesn't get much colder than this, and so do the zombies. I am Bob Fournier, and joining me tonight, the busy zombie lord himself, Lou Page. How are you? Uh, I don't have the plague anymore. Well, so. that's good. <laughs> You're not infected. We'll give you a little. Yeah, yeah. for a while there, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Speaking of which, I gotta get into this. But first, we're gonna talk. Ryan Murphy's not on the show tonight. He is actually on a uh, on an investigative search. He heard some rumors about a, a strand of zombie outbreaks going out uh, over down in Mexico. So the sneaky guy, he took his future wife down to Mexico and told her it was a vacation. But he's actually doing zombie research for us. So he and may we not should be, be getting an updated report <laughs> from him next week. Let's hope so. And. Uh, we're forever grateful for that, Ryan. Thank you so much. Hopefully you make it back safe. <laughs> but speaking of making it back safe, Lou, I found out how easy it would be to get a zombie virus, to get infected by zombies. Like, I, I always feel like I could survive for a while in a zombie apocalypse, but I just realized the other day at work, I might have gotten infected had there been a zombie outbreak. So here's what happened. Okay. Coworker of mine came in. And uh, she had her hair in front of her face, and I'm like, you all right? And she's like, yeah, um, something's going on. I don't feel good. And she was just got over being sick for, like, two weeks, and she was awful, like, really bad sick. Yep. And uh, so I was like, oh, and her face kind of looked like it was, like, breaking out a little bit, you know, right around her mouth looked kind of bad. So I was like, oh, geez, well, if you want to go home, just let me know, and uh, we'll we'll take care of it. So she went home later on that day, and she called later and talked to another girl that works there and said that her infection that she had has spread to the outside of her body, right? Mm-hmm. So I found out, and I guess she's highly contagious. So I was oh, like, God. I went to the girl that she was talking to. I said, whoa, 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 what did she have? And she goes, I don't know. It started with a T. First thing in my head popped in. I'm like, oh, God, I have the T virus. <laughs> I'm like, No. I was in the I was in an office with her, a tiny office, talking with her. How contagious is it? And of course the girl that answered the phone was like, well, I don't know, I didn't ask. I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> Lou, I could have had the zombie virus. Did you find out exactly what it was? Yeah, I don't know, it's a long term. The only way you can get it is by actually touching her face, which I did none of. So. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I don't have it, don't I, worry. Okay. Uh, I, I am okay and she's okay too, which is good. But um yeah, I was just thinking about it, I'm like Man, just like that, I could have been infected. Oh, yeah. All, it, the, it, all the things in my head where I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to prep. No, it wouldn't have mattered because of one person coming in to work, and that's how it's going to happen. 
yep, it just takes one person, one infection. All, you know, if, say, she was, say, a zombie, yeah. you wouldn't have known until it was too late. It would have been all over. I know. And can you how, how embarrassing would that be for this podcast to have one of the hosts of the podcast be the first ones infected by zombies and have it not be Ryan Murphy? I think we all would have been a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just like, oh, geez, Bob, that's not really, you're not really helping the cause here. No, but it was just kind of scary because I was like, man, first of all, I could be sick with something. And second of all, if that was a zombie, if this was an apocalyptic scenario, I'd be gone already. And that's not cool. I got to take more cautions. Wear gloves every day, wherever I go. Yeah. It's just, it, I, I, for the listeners, I was really sick last week. Couldn't get out of bed, couldn't move. And all I kept thinking while I was laying there was like, you know, this is what would happen if the zombie apocalypse happened. I'm going to die. I'm going to come back as a zombie. It's going to be awful. I also had that sickness. and Man, yeah, I'd rather be a zombie. <laughs> man, whew, that was not fun. But um, you know what else I was just thinking about, too? What if you were already sick like you were or like I was, and then the zombie outbreak happened? Can you imagine that? Like you're already sick and weak, and now you got to fight off zombies? Yeah, and uh, spoiler, I think we get to see a little bit of that in this week's Walking Dead. Ooh, I forgot. That show came back, didn't it? Yes, it did. Oh, my God. We have to talk about that. But first, we got some great news we're going to go over. So we'll get through that, and then we're going to bring back The Walking Dead. So here we go. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. They're not zombies. They're not humans. They are the returned. I'm confused. Is this movie out already or not? I said February 14th, right? Yes. Okay. So there's a movie out called The Returned, and I just saw the trailer for it today. Looks pretty interesting. What do you think, Lou? Uh, I think we should have had Ryan on for this because <laughs> most of the actors in this film are Canadian. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this movie was filmed in Canada. It looks like it. They're all so nice. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> nice as zombies ever, right? Yes. Uh, so basically the plot of the movie is there is an injection you can get if someone gets sick from a virus. It's a post-zombie world, right? Yeah. So if you get infected with the zombie virus, from what I understand, you can get injected quickly after the infection. It doesn't cure it, but it stops it. So they call these people the returned people, right? So you're a, you're a zombie, but you're still not a zombie because of this injection. And if you don't get the injection, I think it's every 48 hours right. or 72 hours, you turn back into a zombie. Right. <clears throat> now, there's also... A group of anti-return people, because they call them the returned. That's what they call the people that are infected but still not zombies. Um, there's an anti-return group that, you know, goes around attacking people and stopping them from living their lives. And then the, they call this injection a protein stock. And that's running low, supposedly, too. So they're worried that people are going to be, you know, people that are returned are going to be, you know, corralled and eventually killed, I would assume, right? That's what the government would do anyway. I, I believe. It was a pretty interesting trailer. Uh, I think it's actually that different kind of zombie movie we're looking for. What do you think? I think so. I also think I was thrown for a loop because I thought that, you know, the 
this was a different movie when I saw the trailer. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, I think we talked about this in our uh, upcoming zombie movies for next year. And then I watched the trailer and was like, nope, we did not talk about this movie. No, I know which one you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. I but, think it's called The Returned. Yeah. Is it the same name? Cause it, yes, it sounds but familiar. I think it's French. <laughs> it's French. Damn French. No, but this is kind of cool. So, like... We've always been talking on this show, like, we want a zombie movie and a zombie, something zombie that's not the same as everything else that's out there. I think this kind of nails it. You know, you're you're almost preventing zombies from happening, but again, we're dealing with real, real world scenarios and situations where it never, it's never 100% safe, you know? It's definitely a unique take that we don't get in zombie films very often. So I'd be curious as to see where see if it's out. It's called The Returned. I think it's only going to be in select theaters. So yeah. I'm going to be looking to see if it's anywhere near me soon. I would, you know what? I would actually see this in theaters. Would you? If it was around? Yes. Yeah. It does look good. You can go check out the trailer. It's on iTunes. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place now. But I think it's a really cool idea. I mean, the basic plot too is. There's a family that's holding their secret, which is their, I believe, their daughter, um, or one of the couples, or someone from a couple is an actual a returned person, and no one really knows. Yeah. And they're worried the government's ordering all the people that are returned to get cleaned up. I guess you could call. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they they kind of go on the run, which is kind of neat. So now you're you know fighting against the government, people that are returning, you know, people that are turning into zombies, running low on shots to keep you safe. I mean. It, this has got great stuff written all over it, so hopefully it comes out everywhere soon, and we all get to see it. Hopefully, there but, an, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, but speaking of zombies and <laughs> movies, um, oh, we have boy. to thank Mike Cole for sending something our direction. Yeah, I guess we could thank him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so there's a movie coming out. Made by the guy that I think it said the guy the the guy that did Cabin Fever, uh, yeah. Where the Millers, um, all sorts of other things. It's called um, it's called Zom Beavers, and it's yeah. exactly what you think it is. Yeah, to the point where I was like, really? Um, I thought this was a joke when I saw the headline. I was like, ha, ah, this can't. Oh, it is real. Yeah. And I recognize people that are in this movie. Right, yeah. Wow. Real, real actors took this role upon themselves. So th- this movie is literally about zombie beavers. Now, right now you're all thinking in your heads that's some sort of double entendre, right? Well, you're right. <laughs> um, and the movie's not shy from using that. <laughs> Pretty much the trailer from beginning to end is that. Yeah, and we're we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it PC on the show. We're we're gonna go a little G rating right now, but yeah, you can, you guys can use your imaginations, and you can check out the trailer on IO9 too. It's called Zom Beavers. It's basically about a group of kids who go out into the woods and do their party thing until some zombie beavers come at them, and then if you get infected, you turn into a zombie beaver. Doesn't that make sense? Uh, not really. No. But then again. Did you ever see the zombie sheep movie from New Zealand? No. Same idea. Oh, jeez. Zombie sheep? That doesn't sound scary. Uh, the, sh- the the sheep bite people, and they turn into giant zombie sheep. <laughs> it's the cutest infection ever. It's called ever. black sheep. <laughs> of course it is. So this is basically, this is just, it, before you take it seriously, it's obviously a comedy. 
and uh, just spoofing on the whole zombie thing and the the classic horror movie thing too. You know, the bunch of kids going out for a good time. Zombies. It definitely looks like it's worth a laugh. Yeah, you know, it's probably one of those things I might rent and watch at home one night just for a good laugh. When it goes straight to Netflix. Yeah, we'll wait for that. Like every uh, everything else in the world that's on Netflix now. But let's turn into a serious note real quick. Enough about zombie beavers, and let's go into zombie bees. We're all sorts of insects and animals today. So, so go ahead. I was going to say, we've talked about this before. Yeah. There is a strain of bacteria that's infecting bees on the West Coast, and it's causing them to not harvest honey, and it's affected um, different crops in California and Washington State and Oregon. And there has been the first outbreak of zombie bees here on the East Coast. Let's just call them zombies. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. The, uh, I was going to say, we've talked about this before on the show. Yeah. And this article definitely is much more detailed it and is. describes what it is that they actually do. And this is a real issue and a real problem that could affect our food consumption and costs for years to come. So it's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, and it's it's those damn bees. <laughs> do you ever see the movie The Happening? Um no, I'm just kidding. So basically, the zombies, they don't harvest, like you were saying. They they fly in erratic patterns. They get attracted to light. And then they just go down on the ground where they just die. And yeah. kind of, the funny thing is the scientists are calling it the flight of the living dead, which is kind of funny, I think. Which I think I is think also it's hilarious. Is it in the movie? Because I have, I have the DVD in, the, in my closet somewhere. <laughs> of course you do. So... Really, though, like you said, this is kind of serious because if, you know, bees obviously do a lot for the world as far as crops and harvesting and what they do for pollination and everything like that. So if if zombies aren't doing that, that could affect our supply. And, Lou, Vermont's really close to us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is – if it's in Vermont, it, it, it's going to hit close to home soon. Yeah. And that – oh, no. I'm going to get stung by a zombie bee. I already know it. <laughs> And the, the funny thing is, is you, you don't think you hear bees and you go, oh yeah, insects, bugs, but you don't realize just how important they are to the food ecosystem here in the United States, at least, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If you learn anything this episode, save the bees. Save, yeah, save the bees. <laughs> but seriously, well, hopefully <clears throat> that doesn't get too far crazy. Right now, they said there's no. Immediate cause for worry on zombie bees. There's no threat of an invasion anytime soon around. But uh, it's something that I guess they're keeping a close eye and a close watch on. So we'll we'll have to be careful with this. And I'm sure we'll get another update in the next couple of weeks, too. Absolutely. If it gets worse. Speaking of updates, I can tell you, I have an update. I want to do the zombie apocalypse 2.8 hours later thing. Yeah, this sounds like fun. Where is Cardiff? Um, where do you know where that is? Cardiff is in England. That's kind of far away. Yes, it is. All right, <laughs> we have to make a day trip out of it, I guess. So they did it last year, correct? The, these guys over in Cardiff, England. Uh, from what yes. I understand, so there, there's this whole thing out. It's called Two Point Eight Hours Later Asylum. Two Point Eight Hours Later, and your goal as you're in real life, you're you're a real person. You start in this safe house and in this asylum. Someone gives you a map of where you need to go 
to get supplies and other things, and you go out and get those things on the actual streets of Cardiff. One catch. There's zombies everywhere. <laughs> How awesome is that? Full makeup, real actors, costumes everywhere, and they try and infect you. <coughs> yes. How cool is that? It is amazing. Yeah. And I, there's oh. photos of it of the last time they did it. Yeah. And the photos are unbelievable. I know. And, like, the, the detail on the makeup and everything. I'm looking through some of them now. You guys, you got to find... It's um, it's called Asylum 2.8 Hours Later. You have real people running for their lives. The sheer terror on their face as zombies are all over the place coming to get them. I got to tell you, like, this would be the scariest yet coolest thing I think I could ever do is, like, do this just once. So, basically, <clears throat> these people that are dressed up as zombies try to mark you with invisible ink, right? So they come and get you. So your your job is to complete everything on your task list that they give you, and they give you a map to get to wherever you need to go to. And you need to make it back to that asylum. And I think it's is it two by, by under three hours or something. Yeah. And uh, you have to get back to the asylum, and you have to you know they'll scan you with the uh, little UV light to make sure you don't have any invisible ink on you. And then you go to a zombie disco party. <laughs> hey, it it. it. The list here says that, you know, people have run into celebrities while doing this and things like that. So I, it's definitely something that if you live in England, we'd love to hear if you went to this last year or you're going to this this year. So if you do, if you do send us an email. We'd love to hear what it was like. Yeah, we're on that UK radio thing, right? Maybe someone else yes, is are. listening over there. Um let us know if you did this last year or if you heard anything about it because this looks like a lot of fun. Imagine just Lou running like crazy down the streets of Maine right now with zombies chasing while you're trying to get supplies in real life. It would it, it would be scary and terrifying, and I'd be afraid of freezing to death. Yeah. But it would be fun. Right now you would, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the cool thing is this year's event, they added um, – Real life stuff like uh, government surveillance stuff like that. So like there'd be people playing cops or government officials who are trying to sway you going somewhere else. So like if you're trying to get your supply, they're gonna try and get you to conform and go somewhere else where like you know to be safe or whatever. So there's not only zombies you're worried about, but you know the government you're trying to you know get around as well. So it, to me, it seems like it's three hours, the three of the worst and best hours of your life. I would imagine. Yes. I want to do this. We got to, Lou, we're flying to England. I don't know when this is. There's, if you go to Facebook.com, yeah, they, I was going to say Facebook.com slash uh, Asylum 2.8 Hours or something like that. Is it? Is it Facebook.com? I think it is. They, search them on Facebook because you can go find tickets and dates and everything. Or like you that. can go to 2.8 Hours Later.com. Yes. Thank you very much. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our little bit of news before we get into the meat of the show. No pun intended. Lou, are you ready to get back into The Walking Dead? I am. All right. Let's do this. Herschel or Glenn or Maggie, Michonne and Daryl or Mom. You just wanted to plant vegetables. You just wanted to hide. He knew where we were, and you didn't care. You just hid behind those fences and waited for... They're all gone now. Because of you. 
They counted on you. You were their leader. But now, you're nothing. Welcome to Walking Dead Season 4, Episode 9. I believe it was 9. It was 9. It was 9 out of 10 stars. Maybe even 10 for me. Yeah. Dude, dude, Carl's a dick. (laughs) Let's just get that out of the way, first and foremost. Yeah, like, the episode jumps right in, you know? Yeah. It was great. Rick and Carl are wandering around trying to find people, and Rick looks like he's going to die. Yeah, he's he's in bad shape. (laughs) Real bad shape. And Carl just keeps yelling at him and walking away. I know. And, like, that's your – and, like, I get it at the same time. Like, so the episode opens up. And first of all, thanks a lot, Writers of the Walking Dead, for making me remember Herschel one last time. (laughs) Yeah. You you sons of bitches. (laughs) Like – here I am. I'm excited. I see Michonne. We open up with a Michonne story. I'm like, oh, cool. A little bit of Michonne on her own. And look at that. She's getting her walkers back. And she did that thing like she used to have where she cut the arms off and the, then the bottom jaws. And I'm like, oh, she's going crazy. Hey, wait. Well, who's that head? Oh. Oh, no. That's Herschel. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 like they do every, every year. They They kill somebody off and then they go, well... We'll make him remember the guy we killed off and make uh, him really sad about it. I know. That was so bad. Like, it was just his head. <laughs> it was just, and it's been so long, too. Melina, I was watching it with her, and she's like, Is that Herschel? What happened to him? I'm like, What? Are you serious? <laughs> did, did you forget he's dead? Yeah. I was like, That's his head anyway. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, I mean, we get a Michonne story right from the very beginning. And I got to tell you, it was kind of cool to see a Michonne backstory. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of remembering things. Like, how do you call that in TV? Where like a flashback. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of those, especially in a zombie show, where like we already kind of know the backgrounds, but we don't know much about Michonne's background. No, it, it, that's one thing that you know. The show has pretty much covered everybody's background. Yeah, like we know that Herschel was a vet, and. We know that Rick was a cop, and, like, we know pretty much everybody's backstory except Michonne's. They've never really shown anything. The only thing we know about her is the two armless guys that died in the beginning of her introduction Yeah, were her boyfriend. One of them was her boyfriend. That's all we knew. And the funny thing is, like, we've met more characters like Tyrone that we know more about than we know about Michonne, you know? Yeah, yeah. She she's wanders around with the sword and she kills a lot of stuff and she doesn't say much. Yeah, I know. And that's that's all right with me. I, I take her in my group any day. <laughs> she's good with that katana sword thing. Yeah. If we learned that in the episode, that's for sure. There was, I got to say, world record for number of zombies that lost their heads in this show. Just this one episode. Just because of her. There was a yeah. lot of heads. A lot of heads gone. That's for sure. But they did this cool thing where, so Michonne sees these footprints, and instead of trying to find them and go with the group after she kind of studies them, she decides to go off on her own again and be in the woods, right? And they do this flashback. And I got to tell you, the writers of The Walking Dead, man, they hit it just on the right spot. Because, like, you see her, and at first you're like, that's not Michonne, is it? You know, because she's just all, you know, nice dressed up and... Yeah. They, were, they were in the kitchen talking, and I got to tell you, it was so cool to see them because the way they integrate now into 
before and like because you obviously know it's a dream or a flashback but like when she's cleaning her kitchen knife and then all of a sudden it turns into the sword and the sword goes into the cutting thing do like that kind of stuff i was like that's pretty creative i like that and i got taken back because i was thinking to begin with it was a flashback and then she's talking to her boyfriend in what would look like it was either his best friend or his brother yeah and they're having a conversation, and every time it flashes back and forth, the two guys, their outfits and their clothes look yeah. a little more beat up than they were yeah. in the last scene. And then all of a sudden, they're talking about being infected type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. The beginning of this conversation was about going to a museum or a show of some kind. Right. And now they're talking about zombies. So this obviously isn't a real flashback. It's some kind of nightmare. And exactly. then she wakes up and you're like, oh, okay. It was crazy. It was, uh, and like at the very end, you see them as the actual like zombies. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so intense. Like it was a really cool really different scene for The Walking Dead to do. And I got to say, they nailed it. Like, I thought that scene was so interesting. Just like she's having a conversation, but they're having a different conversation. But they're in the same room, you know? Yeah. I, I just thought that was awesome. So we see a little bit of that. We learn about, you know, her boyfriend, the kid. And that she may have had a kid. Yeah, could could have had a kid. Or at least she we know her boyfriend did. Yeah. So there was that, which explains a lot from before with the whole kid thing. Where she would never want to hold the baby or take care of the kid, you know, from last yep. season or previous, the first half of this season, I guess. So that was pretty cool to see. And there was a lot of Michonne in this. And, you know, we could just kind of go through her story real quick. I mean, she yeah, ends cause, up. Because, I mean, that is her story. Yeah. Well, I mean, she ends up going walking into the woods with her two walker followers and um, kind of incognito amongst a bunch of other zombies. And she sees zombie Michonne. <laughs> and I got to tell you, that's going to be the most depressing feeling in the world. To realize that the person, the zombie standing next to you looks like it could be your twin. Right. And that would get to me, too. Oh, my God. And it did. She was surrounded by, what, 20 zombies? Yeah. And she just went crazy and killed that zombie. She kept looking at it, and the zombie just kept walking next to her. It looked just like her, man. And she she chopped his head off. And... I, I mean, she did it with all the... And then all the other zombies, of course, went crazy. So she just killed every single zombie by cutting its head And then just out. walks away. And then, like... And I get it. And I think they did a really good job expressing that she doesn't want to be alone anymore. Because she went right back to the trail and started following the footprints. Yeah. That's good. Like, I like seeing that character development, you know, where before she was always much better off alone. That's how I am. I want to be alone, too. I can't take being alone anymore. I don't want to die alone. I don't want to do this alone. Yeah, I, I, that's how I interpret it is. And I thought it was really well done. And the other story we got was douchebag Carl and his father, Rick. Yeah. Though we have to say by the end of the episode, Carl ain't quite the douchebag anymore. He's, He's very humbled by his experience. Yeah. So this was really, really interesting. And um, so the other part of the episode, which followed just Michonne and then it followed Carl and Rick. Um, very, very Carl-focused. And this is what I think Andrew Lincoln was talking about when we talked a few episodes back about how there's a lot of cool episodes and one of them involved Carl quite a bit. Yeah. I think he said, just wait till episode nine, because this was very Carl-focused. And <clears throat> it was kind of cool, but 
man, man, Carl was getting on my nerves. <laughs> he gets on your nerves because uh, the basic gist is he's upset with his father because his father didn't fight. His father let them lose the prison. He feels it's his dad's fault for losing all of the people that he's lost so far. He blames his dad for everything. Yeah. You heard it in the clip that we played. He, I mean, he literally blames him for everything. And he even brings up Shane at one point, which is kind of hurtful. Yeah, yeah. Almost. And, uh... So, I was saying, so the basic gist is Carl and Rick wander to some kind of store looking for food. They find a zombie, and... Rick Big, is trying to kill it. Biggest zombie you've pre- ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It, Rick hits it in the head with an axe and it doesn't die. And you're like, wait. That guy's got a really thick head, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy was huge, man. Like, he was <laughs> very big, like tall. And uh, just looked like like the biggest football player in the world. And like you said, Rick goes to put it in there. And I don't even think he got it through his skull. <laughs> yeah. And they kill the zombie. And... They take the food, and they wander to the nearest town and find a house to hold up in. Yeah. Because Rick, Rick like, is in really bad shape. Yeah, he's limping. He can't walk. He's got the wounds from the fight with the governor. His One of his eyes is swollen shut. He can't even talk. I mean, he just... And they do a really good job of, when you first see them walk away from the prison, he looks like he's seen better days, but he doesn't look that bad. But as they slowly get further and further away from the prison it's like he's limping a little bit more he's stumbling a little bit more and you're like oh i don't know if he's gonna make it yeah you really and like you've heard robert kirkman say all the time no one in the show is safe right like you've heard him say it before like we could kill off anyone we wanted to yeah i believe him i know he will i you know he might just go game of thrones on us and kill all the major characters off you know but um yeah, they leave. Like you said, too, at the beginning, Carl is like 10 paces ahead of him, and Rick's yelling, and you can barely even talk. And he's like, you know, trying to tell his son to slow down and stick together, and his son's not having any part of it. So right away, you're like, great, we're going to get this Carl again, who thinks he's better than everyone, you know? Yeah. And uh, like you said, they go to the. And even when they found the food in the restaurant, when Rick hit that zombie in the head, he told him not to shoot. And uh, Carl shot anyway and said we might need that. We might have needed that bullet later. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a big foreshadow, really, in TV world anyway. Uh, yeah. Which it turns out uh, but, it was. But I didn't, expect, I didn't expect it to be a foreshadow of the episode. I expected it to be a foreshadow of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe two episodes down the road. No, no, no. It's a foreshadow of the episode. <laughs> Ten minutes later. Man. Well, yeah, so <clears throat> they they go, they find this first house they see. Rick pretty much, you know, hey, we got to just go here. Rick knows he's in bad shape. He wants his son to, you know, go there. And, like, they just have the worst vacation of their lives. I, this was terrible. Like, they, the two of them are in a room. Rick's trying to tell his son what to do. His son is just off the wall. He starts yelling in the house for the walkers, and Rick's trying to be careful, you know, take care of his son still. And, um... Carl goes and you know ties up the uh, the door with some uh, with an HDMI cable looked like, and then, yeah. he, then he brings up Shane like he's like Dad the the door is secure Shane taught me that knot, and I was like Oh, ow are you trying to say Shane was a better leader than your dad? I think you are. 
I don't think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and I hate to say it, but basically the doorknob was tied to like a hook on the wall. I yeah. hate to say it, but a couple of zombies were going to break that eventually. <clears throat> yeah, they almost did later on. So yeah. Rick, Rick pushes the couch up against it, passes out on the couch, and uh, <clears throat> we do end up getting a couple zombies at the door. And uh, Carl tries to wake Rick up, like screaming at him to wake up. Nothing. Rick doesn't wake up at all. Crazy, right? Like you're, you're like, oh, how bad off is Rick? Because before that, you see him. He like takes his shirt off, investigates all his wounds, and you're like, dude, you were way off. Like this is bad. Like yeah, you, you they take off his shirt, and you can see where like he's probably broken some ribs, and he's in really bad shape. Oh yeah, dude can't breathe. He can't walk. He can't even talk. It's like, man, this is the worst feeling in the world for him. So what does Carl do? Rick's passed out, won't wake up. Carl takes the zombie adventure out on his own. Like any kid, he thinks he can handle it. He tries to well, lead the walkers away. Not just that, but I think they were starting to run low on food supplies. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't really do a good job of explaining how long Rick has been unconscious. But you're led to believe, because Carl is reading a book, yeah. and it's like, the bo- he's done with the book. So he's obviously had a day or two to sit around and right, read. and read it, because there's nothing else to do. Right. Except play Guitar Hero. Stupid. That's what I would have done. Did you see that yeah, Guitar Hero in that room? I did see the Guitar Hero in that I've room. been wailing on that thing. <laughs> um, so Carl goes out, tries to lead the zombies away, and he ends up you know, getting almost ambushed by a third zombie that he wasn't paying attention to. And that's right where he almost loses it the first time. And this is all, like, Carl focus. Like, he gets ambushed by three zombies, barely gets the shots off with, like, three zombies on top of him. Like, they kind of fell on him after they shot him or after he shot them. And that third one was pretty close. I don't know if you saw it. Like, that was... He was almost a goner. <laughs> yeah, he he's almost a goner. He kills all the zombies, and then they're all laying on top of him, and all I could think of is, man, that's got to stink. Yeah, and then he goes and throws up, and you don't know if it's because of the smell or if it's because he just killed three things and almost died. And it's the fear catching up with him, you know? And that's, is that the first time you said, I win? Uh, Like, to the zombies? I think at, so. At one point, he said it to his dad. His dad's like, this is mine. What'd you get? And he goes, I win, and throws all the supplies he got in the bag. And I think after yep. he killed those zombies, he stood up and he threw up. He looks And then he went, I win. I win. And I'm like, is this a game? Is this what we are right now? Now I get it. He's a teenage boy. He's got an attitude. But you think in the zombie apocalypse, that's got to change, right? I mean, you, you would think you'd be a good kid. <laughs> that's all I'm getting at. But I've been that age, and I was going through a rough spot in that age, and you're kind of a douchebag. So you would have been just as douchey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I had my moments. I had so, my moments. Uh, I won't I won't call you a douchebag again. I apologize. So No, no, no. You don't need to apologize. <laughs> so basically, Carl decides that he can do this. He goes back to the house. He says, I don't need you. You know, you, I'd be fine if you were dead, that whole thing. To his dad, who's pretty much in a coma at this point, right? Yeah. And he goes and leaves again. And he goes to the next house. Searches all the rooms. Stumbles across a zombie. That zombie also got really close to killing Carl. Like, barely got out. One shoe, mind you. 
Yeah, and this is where the bullet comes in handy. At one point, he pulls the gun, and he can kill the zombie, and the gun goes, click. Yep. And you're like, oh, wait, that's the bullet that could have saved his life. And he wasted it. Yep. I thought I thought Rick was going to come in at that point and save the day and be like, I told you so, you know? Um, yeah. That's what I was kind of expecting was to see Rick kind of save him to kind of rebuild that relationship. But that didn't happen. He ended up no. saving himself. I mean, he, he ends up saving himself. He ends up basically scaring the crap out of himself. Yeah. Yeah, because that zombie got his leg, got his foot. I mean, it was he was so close to being bitten. Yeah, like, I thought it was over at one point. I was like, oh, they've decided they're going to just kill Carl off. Weird. And then, bam, he gets away. And I was like, oh, okay. You had me for about a half a second. Yeah, yeah, last minute he got away. And then the smart thing, too, I really like to see is he writes with chalk on the door, letting him know there's a zombie in there. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. He finds the chalk. He locks the zombie in the room with the... Uh, with the window half open, and he's sitting on that roof afterwards eating 112 ounces of pudding. <laughs> yeah, that, that they show this can on top of the, 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 the kitchen cupboards in the house he finds. And it's this giant can. You're like, what is I in know. that can? And they don't really show you what's in the can, but after he gets away from the zombie, they just show him sitting on the roof. With a giant can of pudding and a spoon. Biggest can of pudding I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never even seen one that big. I'm like, I could go for some pudding. Where do you where do you buy pudding in that size? <laughs> Man. You've never been to the South, have you? No, no not to buy pudding. They like their pudding. All right. I, I want some. I do. In a big frigging can. How did they get the can open anyway? I'm sure there's a can opener in there now that I think about it. Um, but really... So he's sitting there on the roof eating pudding, looking at himself so content like he handled the whole situation with a zombie arm sticking out the window behind him, which was kind of funny. And he's kind of looking around the street. And uh, I think that's when you first start to see him kind of realize maybe it's not so easy on his own, you know? Right. So we go back to the original house at night. And this had to be, I don't know about you. But the whole time I was thinking something crazy is going to happen, right? So Rick starts to move for the first time, and Carl's sitting next to him. And Carl sees him moving, and you hear this moaning and groaning. And i got to tell you right now, Rick Grimes plays an awesome walker. <laughs> yes, he does. And you know he's sick. You know he can't breathe. You know he can't talk. You know he can't move, and he's, you know, his whole body is just messed up. And he's trying to move and talk to his son. But we don't see that. We see... Zombie, zombie Rick, like literally for like a good 30 seconds, I thought Rick was a zombie. I don't know about you. Oh, no, I thought he was done. Yeah, I thought that was zombie Rick. Like the way he was breathing and talking, I was like, no, yeah, no, he can't be. No, yeah. I was like, one of two things is going to happen here. Either he's going to get shot and he's not going to be a zombie or they're going to let you see him as a zombie. And then it was like... Nope, they didn't do either, and I was like, oh, you played a good trick on me. Yeah, it really got me, because, you know, a lot of those times you're watching a TV show and you think, yeah, no, no way they'd make Rick a zombie, something's going on. But with this show, like we were talking about, I really thought at one point that, oh my god, this is the end of Rick's story. This is it. Like, that's crazy. Oh my god, like, I couldn't believe it. And then finally he gets the word Carl out, 
And he tells him not to go outside. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, jeez. And Carl couldn't shoot him. That's the craziest part. That's where Carl had his breakdown. Almost yeah, shot Carl- his own dad. Couldn't do it and started breaking down and crying because his dad told him he wanted him to be safe. And then afterwards tells him, you're a man. And he kind of looks at his dad and is kind of like, no, I'm not. Yeah. But thanks anyway. And you're like, wow, this is not the kid that started out in the beginning of this. Yeah, he really, like, they kind of flash forward after that night where, like, and Rick goes back. He stumbles off the couch. Carl's holding his head and Rick just goes back to being unconscious. And then still I was like, is he going to (laughs) turn? But, uh. Carl holds him the whole night pretty much, and uh, the next morning they wake up, and Rick's awake, and I'm like, oh, all right, I guess we're good. <laughs> uh, we're all right now. Just need a little nap. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, they were talking, and like you said, he's like, yeah, you're a man. I'm sorry. And Carl's like, no, I'm not. I'm No need to apologize. And I thought that was a really cool transformation of the character in one episode, you know? we. We see him as he thinks his dad's the worst person in the world, and then we see him as my dad was just trying to keep everyone safe. And, and it's also a, a, a huge sign and something that I think everybody can identify with. There is always a point in your life where you disagree with your parents, and you think you know better, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. And the first time you realize, no, you have it wrong is very uh, a very humbling experience. Yeah. So when this happens to Carl, it's like everybody's been there, not to that extent, but at some point everybody's been there. Yeah, definitely. And experienced it. And it's cool because it's real world problems mixed in with zombie life. You know, like you're like you said. Exactly. <clears throat> you've been there where you've hated your parents and thought you were right about something, and you know you didn't have zombies chasing you. But uh, other than that, it's about the same. Um, so we see that <clears throat> Rick and Carl kind of bond again, and Carl kind of jokes with him and tells him he ate 112 ounces of chocolate pudding, and Rick kind of laughs. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then who do we see? We see Michonne again. This is where I thought the episode was almost, and I'll explain it in a minute, um, Michonne sees the chocolate pudding can, goes up to the house, and she sees Rick and Carl sitting there eating, talking to each other, right? And she gets mm-hmm. so happy that um, she starts crying a little bit. So she knocks on the door. Just a quick little knock. Rick kind of freaks out. Carl freaks out, so he looks through the peephole. Rick kind of laughs a little bit. He kind of just does a chuckle, and then he says, it's for you, to Carl. And uh, that's how the episode ends. Melina... I was watching the Melina. She was like, that's it? Really? That's it? I was thinking in my head, man, they just went from the last season of, or the first half of this season of kind of talking about group splitting people, kind of splitting being on their own and doing their own thing. And this episode brought it back together where it was just... You could see how happy Michonne was when she found Rick, and you could see how happy Rick was when Michonne came back. And it really kind of brought that little bit of humanity back to you, you know? Because for a while with the governor and everyone arguing about what to do and who was right and who was wrong and who's sabotaging the prison, like those, everyone, and then like the death of Herschel, you know, everyone was just at their edge. And to see them kind of go back to each other after something like that, 
it brings the human back to them. And I think I really like that because I think that's what the episode was trying to portray. Was it, it did something that the show has needed for a while. Everything has been so wound up that something had to break. Yeah. And it did. And now we're seeing the after effects. And it's, you know, all the stuff they were stressed out about, all the stuff that they were worrying about, all the things that you were speculating about, none of it really matters. Right. It's all about keeping the group together and that's thanks for saying it that i wanted to say but i couldn't <laughs> I, it's it's so awesome to have that where we like you said we haven't had that in a while like the show hasn't been there and for rick it's validation that he was a good leader because someone came back to him you know like he right. he did what he had to do and people respected that and for michonne it was i need to be with a group of people that will care about me and that want to protect me and they brought that together in one story. So I am really excited to see if they do the same thing next week with the other group of survivors. I, I think next week we're going to get a very different story. Yeah. Now, I saw previews for next week's episode, but we won't talk I about have, them. I have not seen previews for next week's story. Oh. But my theory is it's going to be about Glenn and Maggie and the other group of survivors that got away. Yeah. Now, in the previews I saw, I did see Glenn and Maggie, and I did see Tyrone. I think I may have seen, um, what's his face there, Daryl. Uh, but there wasn't much to it, that's for sure. They just kind of showed close-up of people's faces being scared. And the daughter, Herschel's daughter there, the younger one, the blonde. Yeah. What's her name? I can never remember her name. But... <clears throat> You don't see any of the baby. You don't see anything like that, so there's no spoilers there. I think you only see Daryl for a quick second, but I don't even know who in that group's together at this point. Because I think Maggie left without Glenn, right? Um, or Glenn I left think, without Maggie. I th- yeah, I think Glenn left without Maggie. Not by choice. He was on a bus, bus full of kids. And then Tyrone had the other kids, didn't he? Yeah. And then Daryl was on his... We don't even know where Daryl is, do we? Uh, Daryl left with the bus, I think. Did he? No, I, he didn't. I want to say he, he went left on, his, on own. his own. Yeah, I think he was on his own. So we could have three separate stories going on here. And <clears throat> we talked about this pre-show. I didn't like it a couple seasons ago where they had all the different stories and how to get back to them and what they were doing and how to follow all the different stories until they meet up at the end, especially with the Andrea and the governor thing. I liked how this first episode brought the group together that we the two people that we the three people that we focused on brought them all together in one episode. I want to see them do it again for the next episode. I think that that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to see a three episode story arc where we're introduced to each of the group of survivors each episode and by the fourth episode it's them all back together and then there's going to be probably, that'll be episode 11 or 12. I hope so. And the last episode of the season will be the big reveal of what's next for the next season. Yeah. Now, let's let's speculate, though. If they do that, what's the big reveal? Like, what do they, what do they go against after they all meet up? Is it just another place to survive? There's usually uh, some big obstacle they got to overcome. I have a funny feeling they're going to meet uh, military survivors. 
All right. I can see that. I, I only say that is that's not something I was thinking of, except a few months, a few weeks ago, I was wandering around a bookstore, and the bookstore kept having stuff for The Walking Dead and kept mentioning a military base. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember a military base in the show, and I don't remember reading it far enough in the comic that there was a military base. Huh. I guess there's a military base or military soldiers somewhere. Maybe that's what's next to this season. Yeah, I what I kind of want to see, what, what what I think would be great to see, and I don't know if maybe, I guess you can't really because they're still down south, right? Yeah. All right, because I was going to say, and spoilers for anyone who hasn't read the comic books, but they're getting through them. There's a safe zone in Alexandria, which is I think in Virginia, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, close to um, D.C. And they, that's where a, uh, a lot of a bigger story arc kind of came into play for the um, the comic book. And uh, I won't say much more about it after that, but uh, th- th- that would be kind of cool if they took that. Like, I, would, I wouldn't mind three or four episodes of them getting together of, like, how to group back up together, you know, meet, and all of a sudden they're all happy that they're all together. And then... It's three or four more episodes of them trying to survive without the security of the prison until, like, the final, like, remember in, like, season two when the prison came around? They were so close to it, you knew they were going there? Yeah. I wouldn't mind that again. I think that that's what we're going to get. Yeah. Or So far, I have to say, this season has been one of my favorites. Yeah, that first episode, if any indication, was a different style of writing and a different style of episode. I really enjoyed watching it. Then you knew it was coming. You knew something had different had to be coming with them all being split up. It had plenty of awesome zombie action. It had great story. It had great background story. And it had a warm, you know, touching heart kind of ending to the episode, which I thought was, all in all, a great package for, for one, episode one on the return. I'm happy. I'm very happy. And then what if Carol comes back? Whoo! I think that's going to happen. Do you? You really think so? Yeah. Do you think she's going to be watching over the girls and then eventually she's going to go crazy and kill everyone? Uh, no, but I think that's how they're going to reveal she comes, her. She comes back with an eye patch. Uh, <laughs> I think she's going to be following around. I think it's Tyrese that has the girls. Yeah, it seems that way. I, I think she's going to end up showing up to save them or something. Yeah. Now, and then she's going to have to admit to Tyrese that she killed. Yeah, for the good of the group. Yeah. So, and I, I know I have it in my notes here, just something funny. I, I noticed Morrissey was still in the credits, and we did see the governor at the very beginning. We saw his dead eyes and um, just laying there on the ground. He's in the credits at the very beginning. You think he's just in there because he was in the first half of the season? Yes. <clears throat> we should not be seeing him again, is what you're saying. If, if we do see him, it will either be a hallucination or some kind of nightmare flashback thing. Alright, because if we see him and he's not a nightmare or a flashback, I'm probably going to shut the episode off. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'll be tempted to do the same thing. Alright, well, I think that should do it for our Walking Dead talk. Overall, great episode. I can't wait to watch next week. Um, Hopefully we'll have Ryan's take on this one and the next one. And uh, Also, if you're out there listening, you want to let us know how you enjoyed the episode or what you thought the episode meant or how you interpreted everything. Or what do you think the next episode is going to be? Just email us over at info at zombiesamipodcast.com. And we'll be happy to read them on the show and discuss them. 
Yes, we will. Send your emails. We need more emails. Yeah, we love them emails. You know what else we love, Lou? We love T-shirts? Yes, you got it right. Um, I believe, I'm not sure... We'll go ahead and mention again at uh, SlashLoot.com. You can go and find a Zombies Ate My Podcast t-shirt. You can go and support the show. It's in all sorts of different colors, uh, gray, white, black, all sorts of sizes, extra small, all the way up to triple XL for those who need those ones like me, I wish. But, um, yeah, it's an awesome-looking t-shirt with our artwork from Joel Duggan. So uh, go ahead and uh, order one of your Zombies Ate My Podcast official t-shirts and support the show and show us that you love your zombies. Now, Lou, Ryan's not here. I need someone to tell the people where they can find us. You can find us at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can email us at info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. We're on Twitter at zombiespodcast. Facebook.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. And you can find... Our missing host, Ryan Murphy at R Murphy. You can find myself at Busy Zombie Lord, and you can find our wonderful host Bob at Bobber hey, F. That's me. And I just want to do a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for our artwork. You can find his work at joelduggan.com. I believe you have to say a joelduggan a dot com. Isn't that how Ryan says it? Yes. A dot com every single time. But seriously, he's got some great artwork on there, so go check him out. Email the show, send in your tweets, follow us, Facebook us, Google Plus us, whatever that means. Let us know you're out there, and if you want to, leave a nice little five-star review on iTunes. We'll also read that on the show as well. I think and that, oh, go ahead. we don't have any five-star reviews. I checked, and it's the same ones we've had for a while. But even if it's not five stars, review us. We'll even read bad reviews. Yeah, but we'll pay you for the five-star ones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Well, for myself, for the absent Ryan Murphy, and for the busy zombie lord himself, may your pudding be safe and save that bullet for later. I don't even like chocolate pudding, but boy, did that kid make chocolate pudding look good. Yeah. You know what else looks good? Incoming bad zombie joke. You're not getting away that easy. <clears throat> Lou Page. What did the zombie's friend say when he introduced his new zombie girlfriend? I have no idea. Where the hell did you dig her up from? (laughs) (laughs) That one was really bad. That was awful. That was great. Oh, that one was good, actually. I really like that one. All right. Hey, we did it without Ryan. That wasn't that hard. No, we did pretty good, I think. I think we did it better. No, I'm just kidding, Ryan. I'm just kidding. I'm still recording.